Welcome back to the Appalachia. I'm Jeremy, and hopefully you guys are doing well wherever you're listening from. Hope you guys are out there uh, in the wasteland, thriving, and uh, you know, uh, getting your shit taken care of and, and doing well. Really, um, you know, I always say, you know, hope you guys are doing good and stuff. But I, I mean, I also want to say that uh, you know, if you've been struggling with something, you know, substance abuse or or any sort of, uh, you know, dark places. Uh, and, and you woke up this morning and, and you decided, you know, that you'd stick it out a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of you. I think at this point in time of the year, we start to get into, you know, the darker season. This is around the time that obviously a lot of people start to feel loneliest. This is also the time people start to feel more isolated. And uh, there's a lot of depression and um, things, things like suicide uh, come into the picture. And really, you know, it, it's a tough subject to talk about. But I, I do want to say that if you decided to wake up this morning and you decided to stick it out even just for a little bit just to see, um, I'm, I'm very proud of you. If you're still thinking you know, or feeling anything that, that may, you know, um, you know, may, may end up to you for you not being here tomorrow or even by the end of the evening. Uh, I, I would just ask you to please think about it. Uh, I'm proud of you for, for being here now. And hopefully, um, you know, we'll see you next episode whenever that is. Uh, you know, I, I may be a long time away from putting out an episode. I, hell, I may put out an episode tomorrow. Uh, but I mean, you'll, you know, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that the podcast is really that good, to be honest with you. I don't think it is. I mean, there was this, it, it's gone in waves, right? I think, I think there have been points where it's been good. And then there's points where I've obviously, uh, been, uh, drinking and doing things that I probably shouldn't have after saying dumb shit like, Hey, I don't get, uh, addicted much and, and I don't abuse much, but then I start fucking, you know, secretly abusing <laughs> after saying, <laughs> uh, don't, don't talk that shit. You know, it's, it's best to not talk that shit and just, you know, <laughs> just, just kind of just fucking live it and not talk it. That's what I've learned is like, don't, don't get into it because, you know, shit keeps piling up. And if you start, you know, you're starting to secretly do it and you, you know, you've got an issue. If you start secretly doing things like that, it's, it's, it's a problem. Um, so I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, I know the show may not be all that great sometimes. Uh, but please stick around. <laughs> it might be good next time. If it's not, hey, stick around. The next one might be, you know, the one after that might be pretty good. But I am proud of you guys uh, for sticking it out. If nobody's told you lately, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm cheering for you and uh, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> but I'm out here cheering for you and, uh, you know, glad you're here with me. I was going to do an episode probably about a month ago and I started to, and every time I did it, of course, you, you guys know how this goes. Uh, 
you know, I, I get interrupted <laughs> 20 fucking times. I've done some shows, obviously, if you go back and listen. That it, you know, I'd get interrupted a couple times. And I'd just say, fuck it. I'm tired of doing this. Let's just go on and clear out the show and, and <laughs> finish it no matter how many times it gets interrupted. But, you know, I, I, I got interrupted quite a bit and I, I've taken that time and really thought about what I wanted to talk about. And there's, a, there's a few different things, but. Uh, you know, specifically I want to talk about, and then, so if you're looking for like Appalachian history and stuff on this episode, you might want to skip it. Uh, cause we're going to be talking about raising young men a little bit. I'm just going to be chit chatting and talking about kind of the overall state of things. So getting into, I think, I think what, what I want to talk about before we get into raising young men is, uh, just generally setting up the whole uh, state of the world, like looking at where we're at in history. And so that whenever we talk about raising young men, it kind of, it kind of goes in context because this is a, this is a time frame that we haven't seen really in our lifetimes as far as the, the amount of stuff that's going on, the, the things that they're predicting or things that, you know, maybe happening. We're looking currently at what looks to be the end of an era, um, or the end of some form of, you know, it could be society. It could be the fucking world for all I know, you know, scientists, you know, I, I've talked, I talked about this, uh, I think on my, on the other podcast I was doing before, um, you know, I tossed it, um, we'd call that a limited podcast, I guess we'd call that a limited show, I reckon, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I talked about it on there where it's, uh, you know, they're talking about doing this, there's this whole volcano situation in Italy. And if next year they're, they're saying it's probably going to happen next year, given the current patterns of things, if that volcano goes off, they're worried that this other volcano would go off. And the problem with that is it, it would be. Uh, catastrophic for the world, right? And it would end up causing like a three-year winter, which if you're well-versed in the Norse lore, of course, you know that. <laughs> well, welcome to Fimble Winter. Um, but it, it does seem like it's, you know, if it does happen, you know, we're, we're stuck with that. We've got these, these meteors they're talking about. That's going to, you know, that's getting real fucking close to shit. And then we're, we're hearing obviously about all this war stuff that's going on with Israel and Gaza. And of course there's the Ukraine stuff. And, and on the American front, we've got this inflation. That's, that's really, um, gone completely out of fucking control. And, you know, the only thing the media wants to do is suck Biden's dick and, and ask him what fucking flavor his fucking ice cream is. More than that, the propaganda that's out there, it's, its you know, it, it's out there in people's faces 24-7. You've got people right now, especially over this whole Israel and Gaza thing. Similar to what we were talking about last episode where we were talking about folks who just repeat shit or they stay in these echo chambers. Now you're seeing a lot of that stuff get split up because they don't know if they want to follow 
the the idea of you know uh, Muslim bad uh, USA USA fucking and because Israel is friends with USA then USA you know uh, they don't know if they want to do that or if they want to say well you know we should be sending our tax money over there whenever our people here are suffering so now you've got this whole mishmash of like people are agreeing with people they normally wouldn't agree with they're having some sort of conflict about that and are uh, as far as their inner uh, conflicts go, y- you've got uh, people not really knowing what the fuck their talking points are. So whenever they say something, and none of it makes sense, and it's just this this wild back and forth uh, of confusion. Really, it seems. On top of that, you seem to have this this worldwide unrest. And there's there's always like this feeling of of uneasiness. Um, it seems like as, as far as whenever I think of society now, I used to think of it as almost a like cows being, uh, you know, going through the whole uh, system uh, to the slaughterhouse. Right? It's just this you know this line of, of people just going right into a slaughterhouse. It's kind of that's kind of the way I've always seen it. And now it's it's just kind of uh, mixed up and all over the place, right? For me, with everything being in uh, uh, cyclical in nature, you know, I, <clears throat> I think for for a lot of folks who are like me, you know, we kind of see things as th- this is exciting times because you know you can't have this sort of uh, renewal or creation without having some form of destruction, right? And, you know, on, on a more esoteric level, you could look at it as like, you know, artists are usually tortured. There's usually some sort of like self-destruction that creates something new and, and beautiful. You see this a lot with occultists. You see this a lot with, um, you know, folks who who are, uh, and I say, uh, you know, magicians and occultists, you know, you see that a lot with those types as well, where there's some sort of torture or, or some sort of destruction going on in their head or, and, and it usually uh, projects out some sort of creation, you know, whether that's good or bad or whatever is, you know, completely up to whoever views it, I suppose. But I mean, it, it, you see a lot of that. There's a lot of inner turmoil. There's a lot of darkness. And then there's this, this light of creation that comes about. Obviously, we see this with the seasons as well. If you want to look at it on a more uh, simplistic level, something that I think everybody can relate to or look at, or at least most people can. You know, if you live in a, a place that obviously looks the same all year round, it's not going <laughs> yeah. But you know, most people can at least identify it, you know, uh, obviously once you, once you hit that certain point in the year, everything gets darker. Even the bright days are, are, you know, dark in some form or fashion. They have that feeling and it's, it just goes all the way through until the sun comes back, you know, the night, uh, you know, starts receding and, you know, before you know it, it's it's getting dark. It, <laughs> it 
it's getting dark at like nine something and uh you know day daylight's hitting hitting earlier um and you ride that out till midsummer and then it starts to go the other way you know so it's very much a cycle and it gives you know darkness gives way to the light so for as fucked as it sounds to some people i think for people who who don't necessarily think that way uh, it, it sounds fucked <laughs> i'm sure but it is an exciting time i feel like for that type of transition to happen so that that there can be some sort of uh, creation or change or some sort of renewal regardless of if i'm in that or not in that picture it, it's nice to know that uh you know uh hopefully my family can can see that renewal or or what have you uh hopefully <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not going to be a complete fucking shit show and and uh, we're just going to fucking completely destroy ourselves. Of course, if the Earth decides to, that's that's on the Earth. But apparently, we've also got fucking aliens and everything else. So I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. Generally speaking, outside of these mountains, I don't I don't know too much. But I do know the the basis of, of what's going on, the the main uh, baseline of where everything's at. Uh, and it, it's just, it's a situation we're in right now that it's very uncertain. And a lot of folks are looking for other people to kind of save us, uh, to make decisions for us. And they're forgetting to, to make their own decisions. So I think this is a time where we need to, uh, start really getting our houses in order instead of fucking worrying about what's going on elsewhere. Obviously, I know the people are, are real political these days. That's another thing. And you see a lot of that sports tribalism uh, or that faux tribalism, as I call it. But it's it's you see that a lot. And you see, you know, a lot of people getting mixed up right now. Like I was talking about, you see a lot of people get mixed up in what they believe and what they don't believe and what they should repeat and what they shouldn't repeat. And it just goes on. But what does this have to do with raising young men? And we've talked about raising young men before. I can't tell you necessarily what it's like to raise young, young women because I've never raised girls. And I'll leave that for somebody who who has to raise girls. It's not my place to talk about it, obviously. I have no idea what it's like. Uh, I've been around girls, uh, probably more than guys. Uh, I've always been that that older brother type role uh, with with friends, and and I've always had a lot of female friends. Uh, I can tell you this. I think females are a little bit more um, cutthroat on a lot of shit and petty. <laughs> that's not, that's not just, you know, throwing shit out there. That's just, I'm just telling you, uh, I've seen some, some God awful, uh, plans concocted out of just people being fucking spiteful again. And they, again, these are against their fucking friends. So I can't imagine what it'd be like against an enemy. 
I think my problem, you know, whenever I was growing up around guys, I always saw it as, you know, I think because of the situation I was in, like I was always looking at it like, oh shit, here's another fight. Here's somebody else I'm going to have to end up, you know, you know, uh, staying away from because they're, they're going to start shit all the time. And what it ended up happening was I didn't have a uh, real strong male role model at some points. Uh, I had, I had quite a few role models over the, over the course of my lifetime, but at some points, whenever I really needed them, uh, you know, I really didn't have them, you know, men would usually come in and out of my life. I've always been kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uneasy about, I, I've always wanted a family, but I've always been uneasy about raising kids because of how I was raised. It was like there were portions of my life where I was raised, you know, around men. And then there were portions of my life that I was raised, you know, almost exclusively around women. And then a good chunk of my life, I've pretty much raised myself as well. So it's, there's, there's always this, um, you know, growing up, there's always this idea of like, you know, I'm, I'm probably, not the the person to be raising fucking kids. I don't want to fuck anybody else's life up, right? <laughs> and I've stuck to that over the years. And I think over time, whenever my nephew was born, the the oldest one, whenever he first was born, I I still had that mindset until I held him for the first time, and it was like, okay, yeah, you know, I can see myself doing this. And I didn't want to be a passive uh, uncle, you know, passive, being a passive uncle would mean, you know, just being that weird eccentric uncle, you know, <laughs> that listens to weird fucking music and, and, and gets himself into some, some weird ass situations. And I'm out here fucking, you know, reading the cold books and fucking ghost hunting and <laughs> listen to fucking metal music and, and, uh, old fucking 80s trad goth shit, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to fucking Susie and the Banshees and, and you know, Alien Sex Fiend and Bauhaus and it's uh, I, I don't know, it's it's like, I, I can see myself being the eclectic uncle, but I don't want to be a passive uncle. A lot of people are just that passive, you know, they they come around whenever you know, uh, you know, something's needed or whatever, but I mean, for the most part, they're just there to have fun and, and what have you. I wanted to have a real like hands on raising of these kids, especially because I knew that my brother, uh, especially after that first year, or it was almost a full year in, uh, he was still struggling with drugs. So obviously that was, that was one thing that, that I was like, okay, I need to you know, step in here because I'm not doing, you know, anything at all. And I don't want these kids to be around that environment. And so, you know, my papa and my mom um, and even my friends, whenever they'd come over, like everybody had a hands on with it, with this kid, you know. Uh, and then my brother got sober and stayed sober. And it 
then it it just became a whole it was as a whole community you know i mean i've i've i was bathing the kids i was feeding the kids i was giving the kids medicine going to doctor's appointments i was um you know whenever i went through my tattoo apprenticeship and the other the other uh nephew was born you know the first thing i'd do you know i hadn't showered in a week because that was part of my hazing as an apprentice, well, you know, I had showered in a week. They wouldn't let me shower at the house I was staying at. I stayed in the basement on the floor, obviously. Uh, so, I mean, I, I was <laughs> dirt all over me. Um, as far as my clothes that I had for the, you know, sleep in. And then, um, you know, I, I, they wouldn't let me uh, use the bathroom. So, it was like... They hit all the toilet paper and everything, you know, and I, so I, I mean, I pissed just about anywhere, but anything else was like a no go. So instead of, instead of fucking, uh, you know, getting to a point where it's like, okay, uh, you know, I should go home. I should do this, this, and this before I go see my nephews. My first <laughs> thing was I need to go home, see the kids first. And, and I would, I'd come home, I'd come right through that door and, you know, I, I wouldn't have much money. I'd have like 20 bucks or something on me. I'd bought a bag of beef jerky that lasted me all week and I ate on that all week. And then the rest of the week I would eat, um, you know, I, I had, uh, like lifesavers. That was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> like, like I might have lifesavers with me that I brought from Logan, but for the most part, I said beef jerky, you know, that's what I would spend my money on. And instead of, <laughs> you know, buying more food with the $20, which now, you know, $20 is, it's, it's like, what the fuck are you going to get for 20? Um, I would, uh, take the 20 and I'd go buy the kids something. And then whenever I'd come home, I'd have gifts for the kids. I really wanted to have a, a proactive, Approach with, with raising these kids and, and taking care of them, especially after my brother died, I, I felt like it was my duty to him to take care of him because the whole time he was sick, I was trying to take care of him the best I could. Until the cunt of a mom, uh, that that fucking thing uh, ended up taking him off and moving him in with her family, which everybody there was on drugs, so. And of course, she wouldn't sign him over to us. So, you know, even after CPS got involved years later, uh, they still wouldn't take him take him away, and she wouldn't sign him over. So, well, she was getting money for it, of course. And so, we ended up getting custody of him uh, because CPS finally got off their ass after she got arrested, and um, you know, I, I got the kids, and that was it. It's difficult to, to raise two boys in a world that, especially, I mean, this was 2015. We'd already seen a huge rise in what seemed like aggressiveness and uh, almost, uh, you know, this vitriol uh, toward the you know, males as a whole. We saw this whole new uprise and and this this new wave of uh, feminism, 
and it really had caused you know a, a lot of things to to really come to mind and i would think about this like how how's it going to be for these kids to grow up and things keep continuing the way it, it is and i tried to instill in them first of all you know the the basics and i think that's something that everybody should should really instill in their kids is the basics of survival on on their own and that includes you know your base level shit of of fixing things here's how you can um here you know critical thinking skills here's how you read instructions here's how you read maps teach them what tools to use and teach them how to um you know, think for themselves, teach them how to cook, how to do laundry. Teach them about accountability and, and priorities. I think all this stuff is base level shit. And I find that a lot of parents don't really care to, to teach their kids this stuff. Uh, a lot of parents just kind of want to give their kids a computer or a tablet or a phone and say, here, go on and, and, you know, the kids are practically raising themselves or so you would think, but then you start to notice, you know, the, the way they start acting as they get older and you start to see that it's not so much that they raise themselves. Uh, that's kind of what it started out as, uh, the people online are starting who don't have their best interest in mind, uh, are raising them. This is where I, I got to thinking about this and I got to talking to my oldest the other day because He's going to, within this next year, he's going to end up going off into the world as an 18-year-old man. And he's going to be, you know, leaving a a scorched earth somewhere, right? Leaving his mark. And it's it's something that I, I wanted him to be ready for and I've been preparing him for since I got him. You know, this, you know, teaching him this whole idea of things have to, you know, you have to, it comes down to your decisions and, and things have to be understood or situations have to be understood as if I make this this decision, what, you know, what could happen and, you know, take accountability for it once you make it. It's also been uh, difficult to really have conversations. I wouldn't say difficult. It's been it's been interesting to have conversations with him about dating, especially after I've not dated in a long time. Uh, I've been out of that that scene for a while, so that's been an interesting conversation to have. As far as like, here's the state of of what's going on. But also, you know, talking to me about where his friends' heads are, like where their mind minds at, because obviously that's going to uh, contribute uh, because he's going to be around some of these friends while he's he's off making his mark on the world. And you know, I I, I want to make sure that he understands that he needs to be held accountable for his decisions and not just feed into whatever the fuck they're doing. This got us talking about things like Andrew Tate 
Yeah, things like that Jay Waller guy that wears the fucking top pants and sucks Tate's dick. The you know, and and all these these influencer tops that are on the fucking internet, and how that's had an impact on his generation, and how young men are starting to act like that. Um, and their worldview is becoming, uh, you know, uh, aligned with that sort of thinking. When those guys are really just making money off of kids, if you if you hear the way they talk about older men, a lot of the time they don't give a fuck. That's because older men are less likely to follow. The older men that are following are usually not following for the money tips as much as they are the the whole talk about women. Because uh, a lot of these guys have been you know just been uh, broken up with or, or divorced or whatever the case is, and, and there's some bitterness there, and that's that's them going through something, but they're looking at the the wrong place. But this also got to, to talking about, got, got us talking about the idea of male role models. That's kind of why I wanted to bring up male role models earlier whenever I was talking about my upbringing. Uh, you know, I, I've had quite a few over the years and mom always made sure that I had good guys to look up to. Um, like I said, there's points in my life where I kind of raised myself, but if it wasn't for the, the things that I had been taught from these men, I probably would not, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have survived like I did. Um, Remember, we're talking about stuff like, you know, there, there's this one guy in particular named CJ. I've talked about him on here before, but he, he really taught me how to survive as far as fighting goes. Because before I was just getting into whoever, you know, fights with whoever, you know, wanted to throw punches. And he, he was really trying to teach me how to neutralize uh, somebody instead of just, you know, swinging. Yeah. <laughs> Because his whole thing was, you know, in street fights, anything can happen. And I found out later on, obviously, that's that's true. You know, and I think anytime I cringe sometimes whenever I hear these guys talking about, I've been in, I've been in 72 street fights. I've been in, blah, blah, blah. but they've never had a gun put to their fucking head. They've never been stabbed, you know. And so you're telling me that you've been in 72, like, non-sanctioned fights with no rules, no, you know, no nothing. And, you know, what that, what that reminds me of is, you know, these videos you see on the internet, of these guys like fighting in the middle of the street and their head is fucking clear back past their ass and, and their fucking fists are, are out forward. Like they're walking like a fucking mummy or, or Frankenstein or some shit. And they're, they're like doing wild ass haymakers and, and they won't get near each other. And, Fucking goddamn basketball shorts are falling down and shit. Like, that's what it reminds me of. You know, whenever it's different in those type of fights because you don't know what the fuck you're getting into and you don't know who the fuck you're fighting. It's something that whenever I was raising the boys, I always told them if you get into a fight, especially once you, you know, once you get older, you got to understand people are not going to fight fair. 
And the oldest one learned that in grade school. I mean, he, you know, one of the, one of the, um, one of the, the athlete kids, you know, fucking went after him and, uh, you know, he, he fucking swung in on him and whatever he did, there was, you know, here's four or five other boys. One of them, you know, was this fucking greasy little bastard fucking got a cheap shot in on him. They fucking held him down while the other dude was just fucking laying into him. You know, that's, that's a fucking street fight. And, you know, it's not fair. It's not going to be fair. He got some shots in, but he got, you know, he got taken down and held down and, and beat, you know, and, and to me, you know, it, it, whenever, whenever I told him like, you know, shit's, you know, people aren't going to fight fair. That's what I was talking about. I remember picking him up from school and I took him to go get, get something to eat and whatever. Cause they, they of course suspended his ass for fucking whatever fucking reason. Oh, it's because the kid charged him, but he fucking swung on him first. What the fuck you want the kid to fucking hit him? You know, it's, it's stupid shit. But anyways, we went out to celebrate and, um, I picked him up from school and I took him out toward Barbersville and, I mean, we had to talk about it, but I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing I learned from CJ is, you know, shit ain't fair. You know, when, especially once you get older and they start pulling weapons and shit, it ain't fair. You know, you know, you get guns to put to your fucking head, you get fucking cut, you know, you'll get jumped and it's, it's, it's not fair, but I mean, it's a fight. It's not, uh, you know, there's no fucking rules to it. It's not like we're inside of a fucking boxing ring or something. Uh, you're, you just you just got to deal with it and accept the con- the consequences. Hope you're ready, but he he really tried to you know teach me that whole you know uh, I've talked about it before, like I said. But whenever I've talked about CJ, but you know if they can't see, they can't fight. If they can't breathe, they can't fight. If they can't stand, they can't fight. So his whole thing is like neutralize situation, you know, try to try to make sure motherfuckers aren't going to be, you know, are going to be down and, and either are going to be incapacitated or are or, or going to be limited to their function. And, uh, you know, things like that have saved my ass over the years. How, he, you know, I watch him treat women, you know, if my mom, if they were in a store or even if they were out of the pool hall or whatever, if she or any of the other girls would go to the, the bathroom. He would always stand outside the bathroom and, and wait. Uh, you know, always treated his mom with respect, lived with her up until he died. Um, always treated the elderly around him good, cut their grass for him for free, uh, go grocery shopping for him. Whatever they needed, he took care of. I learned a lot from him. You know, whenever I look at, you know, even Papa before, you know, Papa got sick and it was like, you know, there, there was a period there, especially that Papa, when, when Papa got sick, he wanted to go on jobs himself. I didn't see a lot of Papa because if he was in the hospital, you know, I'd be, I'd be hanging around the house and stuff and, and I'd be like, well, where's Papa? And I was like, well, he's at the VA, you know, getting his treatment and stuff. And then he'd go straight onto the job and he'd be so sick, he'd come home and go to bed, you know, 
after the job. So I didn't see a lot of Papa around that time. Uh, but, you know, I've learned a lot from him. He was a stubborn ass old man. And he's, he wasn't exactly the person you want to look to for uh, moral uh, guidance. He wasn't, it was, his morals were questionable, but it was, it was a situation where he still, you know, he, he did teach me a lot. My brother for as much as, you know, as much hell as, as, uh, you know, he gave me over the years. He, he definitely taught me about surviving and, and about, you know, uh, you know, for as much as it sounds horrible to say, you know, violence being transactional or fear being transactional. Um, you know, probably more so than respect. He, he wanted fear more than respect. And, uh, you know, his name got him, uh, you know, he, it got people to, to not fuck with us as much. Uh, but then whenever it came time, he wanted to make sure that I was the one that was, that was feared. Um, especially cause his ass was either going out of state or in prison or whatever. And so, you know, he'd go around telling everybody, you know, and they'd be saying, how big that boy is, he'll fucking kill you if he gets hold of you. And he knows how to fight and he knows how to do this. He knows how to do that. And I didn't find out until later on that he did that, but he went up and down the hall and like talking about it. When, when, but when we were younger, he talked shit about me, you know, being his little brother. As I got older, it, it was it was more of like he was spreading the word, and and people wouldn't fuck with us. Um, there's a lot of things I learned from him, and so I wanted the kids to have that type of male role model. I think it's important, especially if, for a single mother, to at least have people around young, you know, who can help with the young kids as far as a male figure goes. I also think it's very important. It's something I've talked about with uh, my oldest, especially now that he's about to go off is, you know, he needs to, to find a good peer group that is going to push him to, to continue doing better and not be one of these motherfuckers that, you know, just makes excuses. That's hard to find, you know, finding people that you, you're able to call it at three o'clock in the morning and say, listen, can't ask questions. I need you to, you know, uh, I need you not, uh, to get down here. No questions asked, you know, just, just meet me down here and then get up and do it. You know, it's hard to find those type of people. And because of that, um, you know, I, I've told him, I said, your peer group needs to be vetted. And, you know, you need to make sure that, like, it's cool to be acquaintance with, like, you know, if somebody is, like, just doing their own thing or whatever, that's cool. You know, talk to them every once in a while, you know. Um, but But to actually have, like, people that you call on, it's important to have that as well. And, uh... You know, people that's going to push you into a better place. You know, whenever we got to talking about the male role model stuff and this whole thing of, you know, what male role models are to most of these boys now, 
you know, you see this whole like Andrew Tate stuff pop up and these influencers that get on, on Instagram or get on, um, you know, they get on YouTube or they get on TikTok and they, they go out there and they spill all this stuff and it's always money and, and women. I mean, these boys are growing up with this idea that, you know, they're talking about having trad wives and, and all this shit, right? But a lot of these guys that are talking about these traditional fucking roles and these traditional values and you got to have morals and all this stuff. And these are guys who a lot of the time are dating around multiple women, have kids with multiple women. And on top of that, not just like one or two, but like you may see like nine, nine fucking women. They're, they're fucking on a regular basis. And, you know, they've got multiple kids here and there, and they're not in a serious relationship. And their whole thing is, you know, their whole basis of, of idea of, of relationship is a woman should be uh, uh, subservient to the man. But then they also should say shit like, um, you know, that's the woman's role is, you know, she's she's the caregiver. She's the da 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 da. So, you know, while they're out making money, and I heard I heard one of these rich fucks talk about it once where they were like talking about, well, do, you know, I've missed birthday parties. I miss. Do I regret it? No, because I'm out here making more money for the family. And sure, you can think that. But the problem with that is you motherfuckers are talking about going out here and being good role models for young men. But you're not even a role model for your own fucking kids. Because you're not teaching those lessons. Those kids are probably having to look at fucking videos on the internet of you more than they actually see you in person. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a, it's a fucking problem here. The fathers, everybody wants to talk about fatherless behavior, but nobody wants to point to the fact that a lot of these men ain't shit. And it's not saying that in a girl power type way. That's saying that these guys are fucking trash. These guys are the guys that fucking, you know, uh, that it's, it's like my dad, you know, dude's dead, right? I, I've got nothing for him on it. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, we, you know, there's a, there's some stuff that I wish I, I feel like there was missed opportunities there, but I, I want, I want to use this for reference. And I, and I told, I told this to my oldest too. I was, I was explaining this to him. You know, when it comes to somebody like that, if you ask anybody that he was around that had known him, you know, in the last, you know, 30 years, maybe longer, you know, they, they'd say, Oh, he's such a nice guy. These, these people who just, you know, know him, you know, from work or, or he's around town or whatever. Oh, he's such a nice guy. He's such a sweet guy. Horrible what happened to him. But if you talk to the people that knew him, that really fucking knew him, like there, he had he had maybe one or two actual friends that knew who he was from a long time ago. If it, the people that like family that had, had known him, uh, they say the same thing. He was a miserable motherfucker. And he wanted everybody else to be miserable with him. You've got guys 
who don't want to do their responsibility, who are miserable motherfuckers. Who will bring life in, into this world, and instead of taking the, um, you know, instead of taking responsibility for it, just kind of fucking leave it to go. You know, it's whatever. So when I uh, when I'm looking at how these young men are being raised these days, it's no wonder a lot of these kids are fucking idiots. It's no wonder they're self-obsessed. They don't have anything else to really fucking be obsessed with. They're self-obsessed because that's what they've had. That's what they've had to deal with. That's what they've had to look at. They haven't had a, a male role model look at them and say, you know, you should be worried more about community. You need to be worried more about your family. You need to be more worried about, like, you know, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Instead, they're they're paying money to learn money secrets for drop shipping stuff that you could learn on fucking YouTube for free. They're paying monthly fees so that they can learn about drop shipping, and more than that, the people that they're paying, like the Tates, are making a fuck ton of money because these influencer types that use the same model as them, what they do is. They said they go on all these shows and all these podcasts. They say ridiculous shit. That some of it, it they've got the way it works. It's it's fucking it's simple propaganda. You find the one thing that will resonate with a certain group of people, right? Then you will take that and have that being the underlying theme. Then you'll say some ridiculous shit that will go viral because people are like, oh my God, did you hear what he fucking said? Then what you do is you have these kids clip these interviews. And then they they video edit and all this stuff. They put it up on YouTube uh, Reels or, or what YouTube, whatever the fucking thing is. And then you'll have them put it up on uh, Instagram Reels and then uh, TikTok. And that's how you spread the fucking word. And all that does is bring in more advertisement, right? And the kids will be like, well, I'm in marketing. Well, that's what they mean by marketing. Or whenever they're like, you know, I'm in, you know, shipping or I'm in the, they're drop shipping, you know, and all this stuff is, is base level shit, but they're paying other people, you know, to, to teach them how to do it. And there's some things that, that I can understand paying, you know, uh, to get in on like, uh, you know, marketing or something like that, or, or what's a, what's a, you know, easy ends and, and outs of stuff. But, uh, I mean, it, it really becomes, uh, this, this cult mentality, right? And these are the people who are, who become their, their male role models. And the problem with that is, and there, there's a lot of dudes out there who offer s similar services. Well, I would say a lot. There's a couple that I would say that are, are fucking worth it. Uh, guys who actually give a shit about what they're putting out, what they're creating and stuff like that. And a lot of guys, um, you know, a lot of guys that, that I know and, and that I, you know, support, um, you know, those guys are, are usually a supportive group and, and, uh, always, always willing to help and, and, give good information and shit uh and guidance but 
when it comes to, you know, these, these big time influencers and shit, like those guys being male role models becomes a problem because when you're looking at it from a, a standpoint of, you know, what happens whenever they get what they want? Well, you know, uh, it, they just kind of discard everything else. The, those kids are just dollar signs too. And that's it. There's nothing else to it. They're just fucking dollar signs. If you ever questioned the idea of having a male role model for a young man and whether or not, you know, they'd listen to him. If, if you just look at that, that simple dynamic of, of something like Andrew Tate, who seems to be the most, uh, you know, he's the most famous, it seems. Uh, whenever you look at, at that guy and the effect that, that he's had on these kids and how these kids act like him, that right there should tell you. So what would, what, what would they be like if they had a positive male role model? Somebody that's teaching them about, uh, life and, and how to get by and not just get by, but how to, how to really make something of themselves, uh, how to take accountability for themselves, but also let them become their own man. You know, I think it's important to not instill so much your beliefs, but instill your wisdom. And then let them cultivate their own personality. I think that's what being a man is. I think whenever you start, you know, a lot of guys these days, especially, it seems like there was this whole resurgence in, in Christianity. And they talk about being persecuted so much. And, and if you're Christian, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not going at you. I generally, a lot of the time I will uh, take up for, you know, people not hating Christians just because they're Christian. I'm not, I'm not into that. Uh, I feel like, especially in the pagan community, you see a lot of guys who come over and, and have, they have a lot of baggage Christianity and they really try to turn their worldview into this like anti-Christian thing that I, I don't necessarily, you know, but that goes into a whole nother thing of people not practicing shit and, a lot of those guys are really just into it for the, for the looks, you know, for the aesthetic of everything. And, and they don't actually practice shit. Uh, it's a lot of like, look how many fucking Mjolnir's I have and, and tips my fucking helmet, you know, uh, good day, shield maiden, my shield maiden, you know, shit like that. Um, but I mean, I, 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 I've taken up on that side of things for years. I don't necessarily think you should be judging all Christians for, for what some people do. And I, and I don't, but at the same time, uh, you know, there has been this rise in, in like Abrahamic, uh, faith, it seems, uh, more recently and, and, uh, more like, I guess the, uh, evangelists, uh, as far as evangelists goes, but, uh, there's this, um, you know, with that is, it, it's, <sighs> there's this, I think of a way to put it, um, what the fuck is going on? I've lost all track. I've lost the fucking plot. <laughs> I've, I've lost the plot, but I mean, Ultimately, uh, 
whenever we're talking about people with like these Christian ideas and stuff, that's, that's the plot. I, I figured it out again. It's this, uh, you know, the, the people feel the need to kind of put that, you know, out there and say, you know, you need to, you know, instead of being like, well, here's, you know, here's this. And also, you know, I'm going to give you room to kind of grow into your own man. They want to push their, their religion. They want to push their beliefs into the, the kid. I don't think that's necessarily the way to go. I don't think, uh, Christianity. I've heard a lot of guys lately say, well, God is what makes you a man. No, I don't, I don't think that at all. Uh, obviously a lot of the men that, um, that I was raised around, uh, despite living in a, in a very Christian area or <laughs> weren't really much for, uh, God, you know, um, or the idea of, of some form of, uh, Christ, uh, in, in a traditional, uh, Christian sense. But I just wanted to go over that stuff and, and, uh, because I, I feel like a lot of people will, will try to push that in there instead of letting their kids kind of grow into their own and, and find themselves. It's important that we, we find, uh, the time to really spend with our kids and communicate with them. We don't raise them ourselves than somebody else is. And in this day and age where there's so much chaos out there and, and the world is where it is, uh, I think it's really, it, there's got to be a point where we say we've had enough of this. And as far as us as men raising boys, I feel like we, it's time for us to really step up instead of just saying that we want to raise, you know, young men that are ready for the world. And instead of just talking about it, actually do it. And teach them how to survive and how to get by and how to how to raise men of their own. With that said, I'll catch you guys next time. Uh, hopefully, it ain't going to take another month. So, see ya.